Hello, welcome to the Apricity podcast. My name is Sion Camille, and today we are going to be talking about starting over. And before I get into today's topic, I wanted to explain why I chose the name Apricity for the podcast. I found this word a few months ago, and it means the warmth of the sun in the winter, which I feel like it's very fitting because I hope through talking about things I've learned, things I'm experiencing, talking to other people about things they've learned, things they've experienced, I hope you leave this podcast feeling a little bit warmer inside. Maybe a little bit of hope that the sun peeking through the clouds on a winter day gives you. And I want to create a safe space where we can talk about maybe some of the deeper things in life. Maybe not always. Have some laughs too. And I really think that today's topic is going to bring you that warmth because starting over can be seen as this terrifying and daunting thing to begin again, to start something completely new. Sometimes when you're starting over, you're in a place where things went really wrong. And I recently went through a time where things felt really wrong. I was being really hard on myself and I kept trying to do more. And I kept trying to add in more things and create this impossible to-do list of everything I wanted to accomplish every day. And I began getting really caught up in people-pleasing, trying to be everything for everyone, which you never can be everything for everyone. It's impossible. And I ran myself into the ground. And as I continued to try to put my eggs into 50 different baskets, there was nothing left for me. Each person got a sliver of me. Each thing I did got a sliver of me. So I was trying to do 50 different things and I was doing them all okay because I wasn't prioritizing and I wasn't having self-compassion. And I basically became a walking to-do list. And I really lost sight of the present moment. I lost sight of what was important to me and... I became a really unrecognizable version of myself. I watched this show on Netflix recently called Made, and I think we can learn a lot about ourselves through TV and movies. If you have not seen it, it is fantastic. It's the best show I've seen in all of 2021, and without giving anything away, there was this one scene where she was at the bottom of a hole in the earth and she was laying at the bottom of the hole and all around her was dirt. There was no way for her to get out of there. There was no ladder. There was no one reaching their hand out ready to pull her up. She was just down there. And I saw it and thought, that's me right now. I have dug myself into a hole where it feels impossible to get out of the loop of thinking and feeling and living the way I have. I am deep in here 
it feels like I'm going to be here forever. And I had to lay there for a second and understand how I got there. And I think that's the first step to starting over is surrendering and meeting yourself where you're at. And instead of being hard on yourself and angry at yourself for all the things that you didn't do or all the things that you did do that maybe caused you to get there in the first place, be okay that you're at where you're at and say, okay, this is it. I was at a point where I struggled to wash my makeup off from the night before because I was so emotionally exhausted. If the only thing you can do for yourself is get up and make a cup of tea and get back in bed, that's okay. It's okay to just surrender to where you're at and stop trying to keep pushing and changing everything. As I sat there, as I surrendered to where I was at after running myself down, I looked in the mirror and realized I looked lifeless. I hadn't been a version of myself that I was proud of. I wasn't treating people in a way that I was proud of. I wasn't living in alignment with my true nature. Initially, I allowed the guilt to really eat away at me when I woke up from this episode. And I looked around at me and was like, oh wow, how did I get here? I got stuck in a cycle. Often we will repeat the same cycles in our life over and over again until we fully learn the lesson that the universe is trying to teach us. So I would spend my days feeling bad for myself, for all the things that had happened to me, for all the things I'd caused through my low self-worth actions. And instead of breaking the cycle and choosing something new and moving forward, I would just repeat those actions. So if you are someone who is questioning if you need to start over or how to start over, the first thing you need to do is get really quiet and pull secrets from the last time you felt all right. Even if that was when you used to make yourself tea every morning and go for a walk. Or if you don't know, if you can't even remember the last time you felt all right, think about where things feel like they went wrong. Because when we understand what goes wrong in our lives, what feels wrong, it's the first step to attracting what's right. I was focusing on the things I couldn't control. And when you focus on the negative, the negative grows stronger. As I was laying at the bottom of this hole in my life, (laughs) I began to recognize that there were cycles in my life that I would repeat over and over again. The first step I took to pulling myself out of these cycles was realizing that the way I was living wasn't truly working for me. And I would tell myself that it was working for me as a way to stay safe, as a coping mechanism. This can apply to a lot of different areas of life. It can apply with staying friends with people who maybe don't treat you well, but it's safer to be with a group of people than be alone. Or it could apply to struggling with disordered eating. You get stuck in these patterns where you keep telling yourself that this is what works for you because 
that is what you tell yourself to feel safe. And I think you know something, someone, whatever it may be that you want to start over with is not serving you anymore when you wake up every day and you know that that thing in your life doesn't quite feel right. I think it's good when you figure out what feels wrong, when you write it down. It's the first step to more clearly manifesting the future version of you that you would like to be, to truly break the cycle. I had to stop beating myself up for how things were supposed to go and embrace that everything is a learning lesson. A lot of my life has been turning that pain I experienced, turning those things that feel wrong into a path to understanding my purpose. You can't fully do that until you meet yourself where you're at and you know that whatever has happened in the past happened in the past. And I've had to learn to start talking to myself like a child. Instead of being hard on myself and saying, you could have done better, I have to picture four-year-old me in front of me and think, would I speak to myself that way? You don't say to a kid, you could have done better. You say, okay, let's try this again. This episode that I went through, I was headed down the path of true failure because I think failure isn't when you don't reach a goal. It's when you don't even give yourself a chance to get there. It's when your expectations for yourself are so unrealistic that you set yourself up for failure. I tried to push harder. Often I think we believe we need more discipline when in reality, we just need to be a friend to ourselves. So that gets us to step two, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for all the things you were supposed to do, the person you were supposed to be, the times you showed up incorrectly, or maybe not at all. I tried to practice gratitude, but I couldn't fully see it because I was so stuck in the future and the past instead of just sitting in the present and making peace with what was. You're never held to the past version of you that lives inside of you. Every day is a chance to start over. Just because you forgive yourself, it doesn't mean you are excusing the actions of your past. It just means that you can look at your past and say, okay, This is space for me to learn from the time I struggled to step into my self-worth. And I think something I really struggled with was deciding that I deserve to feel free and that I deserve to no longer be held to the person I used to be and that it was okay to recreate myself. It was okay to decide that I wanted to start over. That is stepping into your deservingness. I used to ask myself, who am I to start a podcast? Who am I to have a voice? Who am I to teach yoga? Who am I to have these good friends, to have a wellness Instagram account? And I think if I followed that mindset, I would have never gotten anything in my life I've ever wanted. You have to decide what you want and not allow anything to get in between you and that goal. I think when starting over, it's scary to be bad at something, to mess up, to not know if it's going to be the right thing for you. I decided I'd rather be bad at something when I start than be sitting in the safe place of my ego and never try. The third step is to 
let go of your ego. And this is where I've always gotten stuck because in the past I cared way too much about what others would think, how they'd perceive me. And this is why I think a lot of people let fear stop them from even trying to start something new, to reach their goal, because they're afraid of what others will think of them. You have to decide that you don't need approval from others, and you have to be so content and proud of your choices that you don't need anyone's opinion. People are going to judge me no matter what. Sometimes one of the hardest parts about starting over is people struggling to accept how you've grown and changed, and A lot of that isn't because they don't want you to fail, it's just in the narrative of their life, you no longer are fitting the character they've written you as. They could be projecting their own insecurities and their own fears onto you. Something that I find to be really powerful is embracing abundance mindset, is deciding that there's enough for everyone. And not only that, but... I want everyone around me to succeed. I pray for others' success just as much as I pray for my own. When you treat others that way, when you wish well on others, I think that they naturally want to do the same for you. And if they don't, it becomes really obvious which friends of yours are not on the same path as you. Because those who clap for you, people who cheer you on, people who want you to do well, it's obvious. I've had to learn that I don't need to compete with anyone. I don't need to worry about what others are doing because that's not in my control. But what I can control is what I'm doing. A little story of a time I let go of my ego. I used to be super afraid of going to the gym when I was at a weight I was uncomfortable with. I didn't even want to be seen working out because I just didn't even want others to perceive me at all. Sometimes letting your ego go comes down to feeling the fear and doing the thing you're afraid of anyway. I remember sitting outside the gym and I had to just sit with my discomfort. I had to sit with my inner child who was begging to be seen, to be heard, and tell them they're safe. Tell them it's going to be okay and tell them that together we could do hard things. And I also thought of all the times I gave up on myself and how that made me feel. I thought of all the times I honored my pain and moved forward with grace. And something I've learned is that the discomfort of doing hard things is temporary, but the peace is forever. So I willed myself to go to the gym. And even though the gym wasn't my favorite place on earth, I always walked out feeling like I did something good for myself by moving my body, by sweating, by releasing my anxiety through movement. Sometimes true peace is followed by doing the hard thing in the moment and then feeling proud of yourself after. So be proud of yourself for where you're at. I'm proud of myself for where I'm at and I'm not going to compare myself to the Skinny Confidential podcast or Jay Shetty who do this all the time. And instead, I'm proud of myself for doing the thing that makes me uncomfortable, which is speaking into this microphone, not knowing what's to come of it, but working towards my goal, which is storytelling, sharing with the world. I have to start somewhere and everyone has to start somewhere. And the comparison game is really scary. 
It's easy to get caught up in that when starting something new, when starting over. But all you can do is compare yourself to where you were at yesterday. And if you've fallen off the horse, just get back on and meet yourself where you're at. Starting over doesn't necessarily mean beginning again. It means wiping the slate clean of the dark place you've been living in and making your way out. I think that as I've been pulling myself out of this depressive episode, I have been gripping at the earth as I pull myself out of this hole. And there are times where the earth is loose and I fall down again and I'm at the bottom or I'm near the bottom. And I know that the light is on the other side and I'm trusting the process and I'm trusting that I am going to get out of this hole and I am going to be at the top of it before I know it. But right now, I have to just look at what's in front of me and make my way out, whether that's moving slowly or not moving at all and just knowing that it's there. I think that stepping back and meeting yourself where you're at is terrifying. But when you go about it with self-compassion and kindness and you're soft with yourself, you feel like you can take on the world. Something I've been repeating to myself is, we don't do things like that anymore. Every time I start to slip back into an old way of thinking or old way of being. So step four is decide who you want to be and show up as them. Ask yourself, what would my higher self do in this situation and show up accordingly? Something I read recently that I love is that different choices lead to different patterns, which lead to different realities. And to change how you feel, you have to change how you act and perceive the world. I got so caught up in all the things that were wrong about myself, I began fixating on these qualities in other people. And I think I forgot about the power of being love, of embodying love. The law of attraction is a very powerful thing. What you put out is what you receive. So right now, my intention in life is to be more mindful about how I make other people feel and to put out the energy that I want reciprocated towards me. And a lot of times people can get caught up in things you're out of control over. You might not be able to control how others treat you, but... You can control how you treat others, how you show up, how you speak about others. And I'm going to give you a little journal exercise. Write down, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in the world? What are qualities I admire in others? And then each day, work towards that. Let's say you want to be someone who's an amazing runner. Start small. Start by running for five minutes a day if you don't run at all. Then maybe run for 10 minutes the next week. Then maybe it turns into 15 the week after that. Start realistic and work up. That brings me into step five, something that I have to constantly do and remind myself of. Start small. You have to start with baby steps. I've read a lot of books about habit change. If you're looking for a book to read, I recommend Atomic Habits. Something I read about in that book is that the first step to creating a habit is to start small, make it attainable, make it fun, and focus on 
progress over perfection. Sometimes it's kind of fun to be mediocre at something, to have something to work towards. In order to really allow yourself to fully bloom in an area, you have to embrace where you're at. And this is something I'm doing as I record this. I'm not used to speaking to a mic. When I first started cooking, I would make things that didn't turn out all the time. It still happens to me actually pretty often when I cook. I will try to use different ingredients and it doesn't work out sometimes. When I first started teaching yoga, I was a terrible public speaker. Awful. And I remember in my first class, I wanted to cancel the class because I didn't think I had it in me. And my hands were shaking. I kept telling myself though, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I got this. And in the class, I messed up a ton when I was speaking. Like, way too many times and my sequencing was pretty terrible i was extremely nervous and i messed up on the timing pretty much everything that could have gone wrong went wrong instead of telling myself that i wasn't cut out for teaching yoga i was like okay well i made it through it and i did it so i guess i'm gonna try again and So I did, and it didn't go perfectly the second time either, or the third time, or the fourth time. But then eventually, before I even knew it, I would walk into the room and I felt confident and I stopped fumbling over my words. When it comes to learning how to do something, when starting over, I think there's a period of training wheels that you just have to be okay with, to surrender to. This is so cliche sounding, but Rome was not built in a day. I'm trying to be patient with myself and compassionate with myself as I try podcasting for the first time, as I get back into working out, even though I haven't worked out in like two months and have lost all my muscle, as I start trying to be a better friend talk to myself a little bit kinder. I know there are going to be times I mess up, but what matters is that I'm patient with the process and I'm patient with myself. That brings me to the last step in this six-step process, which is if you want it, work for it. Discipline is one of the strongest forms of self-love when implemented correctly. Discipline is not beating yourself up. Discipline is making a promise to yourself and following through on it. And for me, an example is I promised myself I would get this podcast out by a certain date. And me practicing discipline with myself is saying, okay, it's not going to be perfect the first time around. But I am going to do it and I am going to follow through on the promise I made to myself to show up even if it's imperfectly. I think real growth lies between that magic spot of self-compassion 
and discipline and discomfort. And you have to know that you're never fully going to be ready for anything. Your ego will tell you it's not the right time. You're not ready to make you feel a false sense of safety. There is no right time. So I hope you guys enjoyed those six steps to starting over. On Instagram, I asked you guys to ask me questions specifically about starting over. Someone asked, how to cope with doubtful thoughts? I think doubt usually roots from not stepping into your worth and living from a place of fear. Understanding why is that doubt showing up? I think you have to feel it and honor it. Be your own biggest cheerleader and say, actually, no, you can't. Actually, I got this. I speak to myself like that all the time and as cheesy as it may sound, it really works. It really does. I tell myself I can do things. I tell myself I believe in myself, that I'm strong, that I'm proud of myself. Visualize yourself being successful. Someone else said, letting go of your past self and letting go of the body you once had. Mourning the body you once had can be a very strange thing and I'm someone who has lived both in a much smaller body than I live in and a much bigger body than I live in and there have been struggles that have come with both. When I lived in a larger body, I struggled a lot with insecurity and not feeling like I was enough. I think that I just have to honor that that person lives inside of me at all times and she is still a part of me and she is holding my hand and she is what got me to where I am now. And so I don't allow myself to feel shame about that body, but instead I am proud of her and I have compassion for her for how far I've come. and. When it comes to living in a smaller body, which I think that a lot of people who have struggled with disordered eating experience this when going through recovery, mourning the smaller frame that I once lived in, I had to stop idealizing that body for how it looked and realistically look at it for what it was. When people go through recovery and they gain weight in recovery, which is where I'm at now, you mourn the body you once lived in. And there are still days when I miss how jeans used to fit me or how people treated me when I lived in the smaller body. But also, I had no energy. I lost half of my hair. I had the most insane mood swings. Weight gain is a part of life. Weight loss is a part of life. And I've learned to not be so attached to what my body looks like as much as focusing on how can I make it feel good? How can I be kind to my body? How can I have compassion for it? The only thing that is constant in life is change. So I think leaning into that change and deciding that it's okay that you're someone else now and 
your worth is not how you look in the mirror. Someone else asked how to let go of guilt and worry over what you should be doing and do what you want. This is actually something I have struggled with quite a bit in my life because I have changed my path so much and maybe that is why I'm so passionate about the topic of starting over. You were not put on this earth to live someone else's dream. There is no what you should be doing. If you want something, you deserve that. And if you enjoy something, you deserve to enjoy that. Everyone lives their life a little bit differently. And if you found what works for you, then you should embrace that. Someone else asked, what to do when people close to you don't seem to get it? This is something I'm actually currently experiencing when it comes to doing this podcast, actually. Certain people in my life, I think, don't understand how much it means to me and aren't as excited for me as I am about it. I think I'm okay with that. I think I'm learning to make peace with that. Today, I was in the car with my brother's girlfriend. I was telling her that I didn't quite feel like certain people understood how much this podcast meant to me and how excited I was about it. And what she said to me was that not everyone in your life is going to feel the same way as you do about things. And they might not understand it. And the way they show support might not be the same way you show support. And I thought about it and I realized that these people actually hadn't done anything to discourage me. I think that's where being so content with your own choices and your own actions that you don't need approval from others comes in. And it's easier said than done. It can be really painful when people don't support you, especially when it comes to career. Not everyone is going to get it. Not everyone is going to even like it. But you have to know that that is not because you're doing anything wrong. People usually are just projecting their own experiences and their own lack and their own feelings onto what you're doing. Someone else asked, how to know when your friends don't serve you the same purpose anymore and when to let go? Your friends should be an addition to your life. They should lift you up. They should make you feel good. And if they are not doing that, if they do not add to your life, do you feel like they are making your life lesser or you think they don't value you? Those are not people you want in your life. Notice how you feel after being around them. Do you feel better? Do you feel lifted up? Or do you feel drained? And do you feel worse? I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. I'm going to leave you with this. What you practice grows stronger and an affirmation. I see myself in a new light. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope to talk with you guys again soon. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Follow me on Instagram. If you don't, at Sion Camille, I will talk about different podcast topics on there that we can discuss. And 
I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Love your friend, Sion.